Welcome into the Husker 24-7 Nameless Post Game Recap Podcast. We are coming to you taped from our nameless hotel room in Westminster, Colorado. Mike Shaver joined by Brian Christofferson, Michael Brunts, and Nebraska failed to put away Colorado in a 34-31 overtime loss in which seemingly infinite amount of chances, but still came up short Gentlemen, how familiar do these losses seem to you at this point? Well, I mean, there were certainly aspects of it that felt pretty familiar. Um, I was trying to think, you know, in the Scott Frost era, I would say that that was probably more closely to, to the Northwestern game in terms of not being able to close out a win that, Looked like you should have won. Can't um, get a stop on a late drive. Can't get stops. Can't opt in on in overtime. Can't run a four minute offense. Um, struggle to run the ball with any kind of consistency late. Um, it, it had all aspects of that, but to you know we can kind of tick off the the pain, I guess. But to be up seventeen nothing at halftime, to you know still be up with the ball. Um, with basically about four and a half minutes left in the game um, and, and to come out losing the way that they did. I mean, it's salt in the wound, and it probably hurts even more for a lot of that coaching staff, um, you know, just because it's Colorado. We just see some really strange things covering this team. And add this one to the list. The fact that Colorado, with four minutes, six seconds left in the third quarter when they took over the drive, they had zero points and 118 total yards. Nebraska's defense was not just playing good. They were playing above that for that period of time. And then on that drive, I think you saw a little bit of the – there was a combination of things that happened. Nebraska's offense came out in the second half and couldn't sustain anything, and that's that lack of running game you're talking about. Mm -hmm. I mean, they had these big punches with Maurice Washington where he would outrun people, but it's not like they could consistently call on the running game to just churn out clock and yards and first downs. And so the, the defense started to pay a price for that. And then, as Eric Lee said, Colorado went tempo on them. Yep. They picked it up. And Nebraska did not respond well to it. They did not tackle well. And this you want this team to be stronger, but they're still just that they're kind of just that they're fragile. Like it, when Colorado punched it in there, it shouldn't have been a big deal. It should just be like, oh, it's 17 to 7. You're up 10 points. Go stop them the next time. But then it – it just changed. You felt it. Like, you've watched this, and they feel it, too, because they've been around it so long, these players, where it's just like, this is going to go bad. You know it's going to go bad. How is it going to go bad is the only question. And add a 96-yard flea flicker to the list of things where it can, how it can go bad. Yeah, it was just – I mean, it's kind of hard to wrap your head around how different those halves were. I mean, Adrian Martinez – that, that version that you saw of Adrian Martinez in the first half was as good at any point as he was last season. I mean, he, he was 8 for 8 for 180, 100, 160, 180 yards and a touchdown. He'd run for another touchdown. Looked in complete control of the offense. And, you know, he comes out in the second half 
And it's like there's there's something in his head, whether it's seeing guys that aren't there, that the snaps were okay up until overtime today. Um, but it, it's there was a, a flip, a switch that flipped there that I, I think that there is still like a snake-bitten aspect to this team of like we've lost these games for you know the last couple of years and you – you have to make winning plays. Mo Berry said that after the game, you need your best players to play their best in the second half. And Nebraska, more often than not, does not have that happen. I mean, that's basically where it is. The thing about that being snake pick, like it, you could trade out players over the last decade, coaches over the last decade. I mean, Nebraska's blown 17-point leads before. Nebraska's blown or blown double digit leads before. Nebraska's failed to put teams away before. It's the fact that it keeps happening. It's the fact that uh there's really it's inexplicable how a defense that was playing as well as it was all of a sudden can't do the simple things like just tackling. It's inexplicable how the offense can go ninety six yards in two minutes, but can't go twenty five yards in overtime in five years. Uh, it's, it's just sort of remarkable, like, how bad they've been and consistent in that badness. Uh, and so I, I think that's where you get a lot of the frustration from people. I think that in this second year, people were banking on it being almost a radically different team than what they saw. And Nebraska hasn't looked anything close like the team that went into Columbus last year and gave Ohio State everything and more. They haven't even really looked like the team that played to a 9-6 to stalemate against Michigan State. So it's a, I think it's a real conundrum. I mean, not just to the media, but probably to the coaches as well. And it's hard to see how or why it's going to get better until it either does or it doesn't. And I guess the frustrating thing is I think you just sign yourself up for a season of a lot of highs and lows and no certainty. The only certainty is that they're going to be inconsistent from week to week. Well, what's, I mean, you just were going over the stats. LaVisca Chenault, five catches, 31 yards. Didn't do a lot running the ball either. Um, I thought Boodle and Lamar Jackson at cor- at the corner spots played really well. Lamar made a fantastic play, not only on the pick, but uh, when everything was down and it looked like it was good, Nebraska was just stumbling, he made that play in the end zone that kept him to a field goal on a tough play for a cornerback. He's he's improved so much. So there were some positive individual things. I thought Colin Miller for like two and a half quarters was kind of a monster. I mean, he's, he was everywhere. And it seemed like that was going to be a four-quarter thing today. It looked like, okay, this is going to – we're going to have a lot of great things to say about this defense for the second week in a row. And then it, it goes the complete opposite. And I think now in a big-picture sense – it's time. Whatever off-season hype there were, you could look at the Big Ten West and you could make the case that Nebraska's at the bottom of the barrel now. And I'm not saying all is lost. I think they can improve and be competitive and have as good a shot as anybody. But at this point, they've got to – I think you almost have to take the mindset like you're at the bottom, prove – 
prove to all, everybody and these loyal fans who followed you out there that you're something more than that and let people be pleasantly surprised. Because you look around what's going on in the conference today. I, I know Wisconsin's playing nobody, but they're blowing people out. Um, you know, and obviously Michigan on the other side did not have a good day. But I think, you know, Iowa had a strong day. They took care of business. And, yeah, it's Rutgers, but – these teams are doing what they're supposed to do, and right now with Nebraska, it feels very difficult with everything. So, so what's the way forward? I guess you know, and Mike says you know you don't you don't know what you're going to get, but I mean the the problems for Nebraska right now. I mean we can go through them offense. Let's we'll start offensively. Um, you, you've got a quarterback who you're really relying on to be very good uh, has been wildly inconsistent the first two games and, and looked looked like he's frankly regressed a little bit from where he was last season at times. Um, I think, you know, Scott Frost mentioned this in postgame, Nebraska's inability to get a consistent run inside is really kind of, I think, limiting what they can do play call-wise. I mean, they're having to run to the outside to find yards because uh, Diedrich Mills is not working uh, up the middle. Uh, Maurice Washington, that, that's not his game. Um, and then beyond that, I mean, you, you've you've got a wide receiver group. J.D. Spielman had a great game today, but beyond that, you're not getting enough consistency from any of those guys. I mean, you, you had kind of I know in there again, blocked well on the perimeter at times today, I thought, but you know he wasn't really targeted until the fourth quarter uh, when, when the ball was uh, intercepted, and. You know, you, you just haven't gotten the kind of production from that group that you need. And nobody's – I mean, one of the question marks at the start of the season was who's going to replace Stanley Morgan or at least that production. And, and we still don't have an answer for that yet. Well, it's interesting. I mean, just taking this game for an example, Nebraska got a lot of production out of its best offensive players. They just didn't get much production out of anybody else. You go beyond Adrian Martinez and Maurice Washington – and J.D. Spielman, and they all had nice stat lines. There's nothing else on that offense. Jack Stoll had two catches for four yards. You threw, what, two games now? You have a grand total of three of your wide receivers have a catch? That's kind of embarrassing. Like, where are some of these people? For an offense that's supposed to be multiple, that prides itself on someone being open all of the time, is is your quarterback just not able to find them? Are they not able to get open? Do you not have other plays for your tight end beyond a two-yard throw that doesn't make a whole lot of sense for Jack Stoll in the first place? What happened to the pop play from last week? You didn't go up the seams with the tight end at all. There's just a lot that hasn't made sense through two weeks with what they're doing on offense. And then you add into that that they can't run the ball up the middle very well at all. I mean, any runs that Maurice Washington is having with success, he's pretty much breaking them outside. They're not like the design gaps that he's supposed to be going through. So it's just a – they're very puzzling right now because they're not having the sort of success that you envisioned they would with the way they played at the end of last year. And the things that you thought they'd be good at really haven't emerged a whole lot. You didn't see him get vertical beyond the throw to J.D. Spielman they went vertical to, to Noah at the end of the, the second half, uh, and that didn't work. But otherwise, you saw a lot of side-to-side. Side. And I think 
when Colorado was playing downhill, they kind of wanted Nebraska to do that, and they bottled it up a little bit. So it, there's just a lot of questions I have of what has happened these last two weeks that point directly towards adjustments in games, a little bit towards game planning, a lot towards execution. But the nice thing is, I mean, a lot of that can be fixed. It's not like Nebraska lost today because they don't have talent. They didn't lose to a more talented Colorado team. They lost because they did a lot of dumb things. The problem becomes, when are those dumb things going to start leaving the regular rotation of dumb things that happen to Nebraska every single year? Yeah. Let's uh, let's get specific on a few things. Who? Let's let's try to. I mean, I've been pretty negative here. Let's let's try to go a little bit positive. What did you like today out of the offense? Well, I mean, I like the first half. I thought they were pretty good. They had 266 yards of offense, and they had a 95 yard drive and a 96. Now, one of them was help because uh, they ran into the punter, and that continued the drive uh, for Nebraska. But nonetheless, uh, they capitalized off that. And I thought the first quarter, quarter and a half, you watched Adrian Martinez, you're like, yeah, that's the guy. That's the guy from last year. And he, I like that he was an eye-back at quarterback, as Scott Frost says, and the way they were using him in the run game. And you saw, like, even late in the game when it was 24-all and, uh, you know, fourth and half a yard, and they lined him out of the shotgun, and I could hear the complaining from back home as they were doing it. But he got ahead of steam, and there was no stopping Adrian Martinez on that play from getting a yard, and he ends up going into the end zone. So he can be very effective with that. And he had some very good moments. Um, It just – there's just still a little too much inconsistency there. So I like that part of it. I like uh, Maurice Washington, whatever off-the-field stuff that there is, and there is that. On the field, he is a dynamic player, and I shudder to think what Nebraska might have been like without him out there today Um, because he was that good. And, you know, we talked about it in the car on the way back. You know, what's so frustrating, I think, to Husker fans about this loss is, okay, you screw around and it gets to 17-14. to Then Maurice Washington makes a tremendous just – I'm a better athlete than anyone on the field type play where he outruns everybody 75 yards and you're up 10 points again. That's when you need to slam the door. And of course they didn't, but I like, you know, he was great. Uh, Wandale, I think shows that he's going to be a great player. He, he would, he could have had a long touchdown himself if he would have caught one uh, across the middle. But um, I thought there was some good individual stuff on defense, too. I thought Alex Davis played his balls off in the first half, and Colin Miller played well, and I thought the corners played well. Uh, but that's why it's such a weird game, and you, you kind of like, how'd they lose this thing when you look at some of the numbers? Yeah, I mean, defensively, they were at 100, Colorado was at 120 yards of offense with how much, like six minutes left in the third quarter? Yeah. Like, that that kind of a defensive effort, like, you, you can win games with that. Um, you know, obviously, the, the – the thing that stood out, I think, the most from that group was the front seven. Colorado was pretty overmatched, I thought, for the first two and a half quarters or so. Um, and then that, that group looked a little gassed. But, I mean, they, they really mucked things up in the run game. Uh, you got pressure from guys without having to really scheme things up. I mean, that, that's 
that's a positive you can take. I mean, I, it, if you can play the way you did in those first two quarters, you yeah. feel good about it. But I mean, that's uh, the last quarter and a half was was pretty forgettable football. Yeah. That's what they have to do, though. They have to get away from the noise and inside their walls. Like, okay, here's what we did for two and a half quarters, and let's accentuate these positives and there's a lot of season left and they're they're any game on the table aside from maybe ohio state who's looking like a they're still a machine even without urban um nebraska is going to be in the game i think it's just a matter of can they figure out how to get a winning mentality down the stretch and believe hey we can close this thing out without the something the floor falling out from under us the thing that I guess if you're going to hang your hat on, the the most similar game would have been in Evanston when they lost to Northwestern, and Nebraska responded pretty well after that. They had their best game of the season against Minnesota. They obviously beat Bethune-Cookman. They played well on the road in a tight contest against Ohio State. They came back and beat Illinois. Um, they won another game in there against Michigan State, and then they lost to Iowa. So they, they obviously rebounded well from that. And I wouldn't be surprised with the way the schedule sets up if they rebound pretty well against Northern Illinois and Illinois. But they've got to go out and do it. And I, they have to find some confidence. I mean, one of the kind of just shocking things is Ohio State was not intimidated by anything. They weren't. I mean, they were down 17 nothing late into that third quarter. And they had, once they flipped Colorado. on one play. Or I'd say Colorado State. Good. Yeah, Colorado. Um once they flipped on one play, I mean, it just felt like all of the momentum surged to them, and Nebraska was clinging to hold on to a game that they had dominated at that point. I, I just think that their psyche is just so low that they any adversity, it, it's a total coin flip as to whether they're going to be able to handle it or not. Yeah, I don't, and that's a hard thing to overcome. I mean, because it's it's just been so consistent, and I think that's. That's where Husker fans are a little confused right now. It's going to take time. I, I, This is a good coaching staff. I believe that. And it, it's it's going to take some time. But I think, and I understand it, there was sort of this feeling within the fan base that Scott Frost is a winner. This staff, you know, they went through that undefeated season. Yes, it was against lesser competition in the conference they played. But there was this idea, like, they've got this winning vibe. And that's going to, you know, soak through the whole North Stadium, basically, and guys are going to figure that out. And so th- I think that's where people are kind of hurt and confused within the fan base because it feels like they're still losing games in the same freaky ways they always have. And uh, even with, with a coaching staff, when you look over, they, it seems like they have a lot going for them. All right. Well, uh, any closing thoughts from anybody here? Well, I mean, I, I think we covered everything. I mean, it's, you know, one of those, it, it's, a, it's a tough one just because of, you know, you, you're kind of looking for easy answers after that one, and I think there's probably a lot of blame to go around when you lose that kind of game. But, I mean, they're still undefeated in Big Ten play, uh, an opportunity to come back and, and get right against Northern Illinois at home before, you know, you, you go to Illinois and, and start uh, Big Ten play. But, you know, I, I think the issues are correctable. I think it's going to take time. Um, and, 
you know, it's, it's, it's almost kind of like one of those things where you need to start having success before you can start believing it. I mean, you can talk about it all you want. And I, I know that fans are tired of the talk and, and hearing about it, but, um, you, you just got to go out. There's a very easy solution to that. What's that? Stop talking. No, that's not the solution. Oh, they could just like not pay attention to the talking. Oh, it's kind of a two way Avenue. Sure. Know? I mean, I'd rather they pay attention to our talking, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I I get that too, but <laughs> no, I, 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 <laughs> it's not like we're going to not report whatever Scott Frost says. Right, no, like I understand, I understand the the fans saying that, but at the same time, Nebraska, you know, you, you kind of have to to do it. I think that's yeah. how you're going to build the confidence. I want to say one line on that real quick. People get after like Ben Stilley had a quote about um, turning things around and and stuff like that. Those guys, I appreciate those guys who come out after the games and talk to us because not everybody will do it. And those guys understand that the fan base is so connected to the team that they feel like I this is my duty. I need to expo- I need to be a, be a man about this, even though we lost, and and go up front and talk. So I always shake my head when people get after those those kids who do that because. They're actually the best examples of leadership and stepping to the front of it after a bad day, and that's the way I look at it. All right. Well, we will see what uh, what answers Nebraska comes up with during the week. We will discuss with you on the Husker 24-7 podcast on Wednesday. All of our great work can be found at Husker247.com, and it's another game week. So prepare yourself accordingly. <laughs>